Okay, let's try that again. We should have sound now. Anyways, welcome. Tuesday, September the 6th, 2022. Appreciate you all tuning in. Chris Phillips here, the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. What is up? What is up? Got a very, very busy day. Uh, Alex McGrath joining us around 12.15 or so. Shane Beamer speaking to the media at 1.30 for his weekly media availability, his weekly presser, if you will, as the Gamecocks prepare to take on Arkansas this weekend. Again, guys, we are live here on the Daily Crow, taking your questions, comments, calls, as always, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. I see Travi, Will Collins, Kemper Keenan, Luke Boyd, Will Black, John Edward, Gad, Jacob, Alex Mitchum, Brian Mobley, Justin Bryant, Greaseman. Uh, what's going on? Appreciate you all tuning in. Also in the Big Cock Club Discord. Head over to the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel, to be sure that your questions are answered there. Again, appreciate you all tuning in. Corey says, ran into you after the game walking across George Rogers. Dope meeting you. Seemed like a legit guy. I appreciate that. Whatever you mean by legit guy, I, I, uh, I'm a real human being, if that's what you mean. So, there you go. Uh, anyways, great to meet you as well. Great to run into you. Again, guys, want to hear from you today, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. Guys, I I'll just say this as we start here. Um, we can talk about whatever you like. You know, we, continue the we can continue the commentary, whatever, if you want to continue to talk what happened on Saturday. <clears throat> we can start to look ahead to Arkansas. We can talk game. Again, it's it's wide open, right? Me personally, I, I'll just say this. I said what I said yesterday and on the podcast about the offensive line. I got sort of my venting out of the way that, you know, in regards to the offense not meeting our standard. But I'm not gonna beat it. I'm not gonna beat a dead horse this week. I'm not gonna beat a dead horse this week, right? It is week one. Um, <clears throat> it is week one, or it was week one. We got the dub. We're one and oh now. It's on to Arkansas. So, again, hey, we can continue to talk whatever you like. I personally, though, I'm just not going to beat a dead horse all week long. It is what it is. We got to find a way to beat the Hogs and start 2-0. R. Hill USC said, I sit one section over from you. I'll holler at you at the Georgia game. R. Hill, uh, I hate to burst your bubble, my guy, but those are not my season tickets. Um, that was just a free ticket that was given to me for that game. Um, I will probably be bouncing around the stadium, my guy. I don't get season tickets. I, I, I'm able to pretty much – you know, thankfully, it's a blessing because of what I do. I come upon tickets basically every single game. So, uh, I will not probably be sitting in those seats, uh, just FYI. Again, guys, taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377 here on this Tuesday. Let me – hold on. Hold on one second. Let me do this. Because I noticed this yesterday. As much as I love this background, it's just kind of bright. It's just really bright. I think we're better off. <clears throat> yeah, I think we're better off just doing a darker background. It gives this really <clears throat> uh, bright glow around my head whenever we we do that TDC logo. Anyways, want to hear from you guys. Again, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Three, three, seven, seven. Mm, let's see. Justin Bryant, are you going to the Arkansas game? No, Justin. Uh, if you have not seen 
We will be throwing a watch party in downtown Greenville, the downtown Greenville Carolina Alehouse location. Would love to have you guys come out there to watch the game. Going to be a lot of fun. Again, I know my Greenville Gamecocks, you guys in the upstate, always showing love. Um, always showing love, man. So, again, cannot wait to see you guys out there. Going to be one hell of a time. Obviously, we did the watch party last year for the first road game, which, ironically enough, was also a noon kickoff when we took on East Carolina. And that was probably, actually, it was definitely the best turnout that we had all season long in regards to a watch party. So, cannot, not, cannot wait for Saturday. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, see, Connor Lee says, Greenville, enemy territory. See, Connor, it's really not. It, like, it, it's really, really not, dude. You, you would be, you would be stunned. You would be shocked. And I listen, I was shocked after everything I had heard from people about Greenville being Clemson country, bro. There are a ton of Gamecocks up here. I mean, a ton, a ton that are just dying for any reason to get out of the house and cheer on the Gamecocks. So. You know, I, I understand we're, we're closer to Clemson up here, but it, it's far from Clemson territory. You know what I mean? Like, it, it is far from it. So, cannot wait. Cannot wait to hang out with the Greenville Gamecocks, the Upstate Gamecocks. I know we'll have a great crowd. and It's going to be a lot of fun, man. It's a huge game, obviously. It's a huge, huge game. Uh, we got a text here. Why is our O-line continuously bad? Is it first game jitters and settling in? Here's my problem with that, the first game jitters thing. You're talking about a group that has 129 combined starts. You're talking about a group that played together all season long. I, I understand when you have new pieces and a new quarterback, right? It's week one. I mean, you saw it across college football, guys. <clears throat> there were a lot of teams <clears throat> that did not look sharp, right? There were a lot of teams that did not look sharp. And Kevin Applewhite, you were a slapdick, and I appreciate you tuning in. But there are a lot of teams. Look at Clemson last night. Clemson sucks. Did not look sharp. Um, but with that offensive line, man, that offensive line, I, it's just hard for me to give the first game jitters pass. It, it really is. Um, Max says, no Myrtle Beach stops on the watch party tour. So, Max, we did go to Myrtle Beach over the summer. Um, in regards to the... In regards to the watch parties, in regards to the watch parties, listen, man, we set the schedule. Um, you know, it, it was it was tough leaving Myrtle Beach off the list. Um, but I will say this. Columbia made sense for the Clemson game, so that's what we're doing with it for that. We were definitely going to do downtown Greenville for Arkansas. It, really, the only one where it could have been, you know, we had to kind of flip a coin was the Florida game, either Somerville or Myrtle Beach. And guys, it, it, it just simply put, it really just comes down to attendance. And, you know, we, we drew a good crowd. I'm, I'm not going to say we didn't. We did draw a good crowd at the Myrtle Beach location. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, we, we got to go where the crowd is the best. That's why Greenville's getting two watch parties, because both of the events we threw in regards to the tour, the turnouts were fantastic. So, Listen, I'm not trying to hate. I'm not trying to throw shade. But, uh, you know, we, we, we've, we've got to go where the people are. You know what I mean? It just just makes sense. Um, hell, I was tempted to throw every watch party in Greenville. I mean, truly. I mean, that's how good the attendance is for those events in Greenville. So, anyways, uh, we will come back to Myrtle. I promise you. I loved my time in Myrtle Beach. I loved hanging out with the Myrtle Beach Gamecocks. We will be back up there. But, um, yeah. Yeah, we'll be back there. But, you know. 
just did not work out this time. But we will be back. I promise. We will be back. I'm thinking about doing like a spring tour. We will be back to Myrtle Beach. I'm thinking about doing, like I said, a spring tour. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, Sorry, Will. I mean, Will, you've seen the schedule. Will, you already knew this. This isn't breaking news to you. You've already seen the schedule. Uh, And listen, when I talk to the alehouse people, that's what they wanted to do also, man. So it's not all just me. Um, I mean, it is what it is, dude. Like I said, the only slot that Myrtle could have gotten was the the Florida game, and we're going to Somerville. So the Charleston Gamecocks outlasted the Myrtle Beach Gamecocks. You're right. Your beef is with them, not with me. Um, but we will, like I said, may, hey, maybe we'll do this. I mean, I I was gonna say maybe if like we go to a Florida bowl game, maybe we could do the watch party for the bowl game at the Myrtle Beach location, but I'll be honest with you. We go to a Florida bowl game. I, I want to go. Like, I, I want to go to that bowl game. Um, <clears throat> so just stay tuned again. We will be back at the Myrtle Beach location. We will be back. I promise. I apologize, my Myrtle Beach Gamecocks. It just didn't work out this time. Uh, let's see. Anyways, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. I got a great crowd. About 10 minutes or so. Alex McGrath will join us. Yeah, how about Jenkins last night? We got the Muschamp Packers trying to infiltrate here uh how about ej jenkins last night how about ej jenkins cocky twan says i looked at the game again tight ends miss blocks also o-line's got to get better first game jitters are bullshit yeah cocky twan i agree with you um top listen top to bottom the offense did not play well enough in week one the good news as i mentioned in my clip i just posted a little bit earlier the good news is this the good news is this right We have weapons. I really believe we have weapons that if the line does ever show up, we'll be able to do some damage. We'll be able to do some damage. So, uh, anyways, guys, would love to hear from you. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Let's see. Going through your questions here. Got to get Stogner off the field. When he tight end pass blocking, he let a pass rusher through 90% of the plays. I hear you, man. I'm sure that's something Beamer and company are seeing on film, no doubt. Um, Caden Gibson, think with Arkansas, we need to bring in a third linebacker to help with the run game. Bring in Stone Blanton or Sherrod Green. Stone Blanton or Sherrod Green. Noah Johns, what's up, man? Appreciate you tuning in. Yeah, listen, we're going to talk more Arkansas later in the week. Um, accounting for K.J. Jefferson in the run game, we're going to have to make him one-dimensional. You can't let him do both. Um, obviously, K.J. Jefferson, regarded by many as, as maybe the best quarterback in the SEC, at least, if nothing else, one of the best quarterbacks. So it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge, no doubt. Um, let's see. I see Kevin Applewhite just going after it, man, this crayon-eating, goat-fucking slapdick. Uh, appreciate you tuning in, Kevin, you ugly son of a bitch. Uh, anyways, let's keep it going. Sean O'Brien. What's going on? Instead of a coin toss, you and Uncle Lou need to have a wrestling match. I hear you. Um, <clears throat> Cam Johnson, wise men make observations after week one. Fools come to conclusions after week one. Hey, I hear you. Listen, no conclusions drawn, Cam, but I stand by everything I said, and I think I've reacted pretty rationally, actually. It wasn't good enough. I will not apologize for having a standard, of, as I've said over and over on social media. That offensive performance wasn't good enough. No conclusions drawn. We could still have a very good year, 
but there's got to be a massive jump made from week one to week two. I know you would agree. I know everybody would agree. There's got to be a massive jump made. Um, we will find out a lot more this week. And listen, you can write all the wrongs that you did in week one if you go out and take care of business in Fayetteville, right? Week one just disappears almost. Week one disappears almost if you can take care of your business. So, um, yeah, we will uh, – anyways, we will see. Let's see. Yeah, Kevin Applewhite's got the wrong one, dog. It's it's like I'm the one with the microphone and you're the slap dick on, on Facebook commenting. So you might want to might want to think before you comment something stupid. Um, let's see. Yeah, somebody asked earlier, I want to say this. Somebody asked earlier about the Marshawn Lloyd tweet. What do I think about here we go? How does everybody feel about Lloyd and Rattler defending the O-line? Listen. I, I love the teammates sticking up for the other teammates. I, I love those guys sticking up for their offensive line. Go do it on the field. I, I, that's the biggest thing. I, listen, Twitter's great, man. Twitter, Twitter's great. Twitter don't win football games. Twitter ain't going to beat Arkansas. I, I hear you. Listen, I, but everybody's just reacting to what happened on Saturday. Um, no conclusions drawn. This line could improve and get better, but we watched it for 13 games last year, and now we see it in game one this year. Show me. You know what I mean? Just show me. That's it. I'm glad they have each other's back. I really am. But, yeah, I don't know. Taking the Twitter, interesting move. <clears throat> I'm glad the guys are close. Go do it on the field. That's it. Bottom line. That's all I got to say on it. Um, Let's see. Kelsey Quarles. How about Kelsey? An all-time great. Says, I'm sick of all the negativity. It was week one. We almost lost to ECU my freshman year. Almost came out slow. Still had a great year. Offensively, it's harder. More communication. New quarterback. New environment. We'd love to see some of you guys go out in front of that crowd first game together. It's going to get better. Yeah, listen, this team is going to get better, undoubtedly. There's a reason why the spread is only seven and a half. I think Vegas is expecting us to make a jump and be better. Um, yeah, so, I mean, listen, it, it, again, game one's not an indictment on this entire season. It's just got to get better. It, it was it was ugly. It was sloppy. It, it was maybe my expectations <clears throat> for game one were too high for the offense. I, I didn't think we were going to score 50, but I just I just expected to see better. I expected to see better from an offensive line that, again, came into the season with 129 career starts. I expected to see better from, you know, I just expected to see better. So, like I said, maybe my expectations were through the roof, sky high, um, you know, over the top, what have you. But, uh, you know, great opportunity this weekend. I, I don't think week one says there's no chance to go in there and win. Again, the spread's seven and a half for a reason. Um, I, I think the Gamecocks will make a jump from week one to week two. Um, you know, and that's that. So, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how much of a jump the O-line can make. I have just – I am very weary, and I'll be honest with you, I, I'm not predicting it'll happen. I got to see it happen. I got to see it happen. Again, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse all week. I don't want to keep talking about what the O-line did on Saturday. It was week one. A, a lot of teams – a lot of teams didn't look their sharpest. You know, a lot of teams, like Kelsey said, you figure it out week one. We think back to 2011, East Carolina, that game, Steven Garcia had to come in and say that week one is a crapshoot. You just never know, right? You never know. As Shane Beamers pointed out, as Beamers pointed out, um, you, you, you never know what's going to happen, right? You don't have any scrimmages. You don't have anything in the preseason. Um, you know, so... 
who knows? Who knows? Maybe this O-line comes out this weekend and, and looks night and day different. I hope that's the case. They don't have to be elite to beat Arkansas. They don't have to be elite to beat Arkansas, but they have to play much better than they did on Saturday. No question. Um, we're going to go ahead and send over Alex McGrath the link here. Going to go ahead and send Alex McGrath the link. We're going to get him in here, talk a little ball. Um, let's see, where is he at? Here we go. All righty. Okay. Um, anyways. Jeff Gullage says, like I said before, it's correctable. We coach him up, we'll be fine. Jeff, hey, we'll see. We'll see. Again, I, I watched it all last season. So did you. Um, we'll see. I mean, we, we, we shall see. I, I, I will just tell you this, though. I'm not giving my prediction today. I'm not giving my prediction today. But um, I picked Arkansas in the preseason to win this game. And the sole reason I did is because of I didn't like the matchup with the line of scrimmage. I, I just don't know that my feelings really have improved, right, since the preseason, right? I, I don't know that anything happened over the weekend to make me feel better. Now, with that being said, Arkansas has got some injuries they're dealing with, right? Arkansas might be shorthanded. They got thrown all over by Cincinnati, and Cincinnati is a good team. Cincinnati is a good football team, no doubt. The good news is, though, I think if you can get protection, Spencer Rattler should be able to have a good game, and he gives you a chance. Spencer Rattler gives you a chance. If you can get that type of performance out of him, he gives you a chance. He could throw all over him. We could score third. You know, who knows? You know what I mean? Who knows? That's the beauty of it. Uh, just got to see more up front. You, you got to be able – you got to be able to give the guys time. You got to be able to give them a chance. Uh, defensively, I think, they'll, you know, our defense will give you a shot. We know special teams. Hey, maybe special teams are part of the game. It all comes down to the offense. It all comes down to the offense. Bottom line, it all comes down to the offense. Um, yes, we will show Shane Beamer's presser in here. Yes, you don't need to go anywhere. Shane Beamer's press conference. We will show it right here for you guys. That is coming up at 1.30. 1.30, we'll air that. How about it? How about the new mug, by the way? Let's see. Hey, Satterfield. Panic Ritter, what's up, man? What's up, Panic Ritter? Let's see. Uh, Lady Bree called on the show. You hung up on me. You voiced. You thought it was a prank from Georgia. I hope you understood the courage it took me to call into your show or even text in. Uh, Lady Bree, you're commenting with no problem. And if you were Rihanna, then I, I don't think I don't think that was the same person. I, I really don't. Hey, call back in. We'd love to have you. 843-790-3377. Alex McGrath set to join us here in the next minute or two. Just waiting on Alex to jump in. Guys, again, appreciate you all. It's crazy, man. The, 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 the crowds we're having come in. The audience we're having tune in. Awesome stuff. Uh, also, guys, again, on my Big Cock Club Discord, folks. On my Big Cock Club Discord, folks. Leave your questions in the TDC question channel. Craig Phillips says, what does it take for people to come around on Satterfield? I don't know about you, but the revolving door of OC is getting ridiculous. Craig Phillips, what does it take for people to come around on Sat? Got to score points. Got to be productive. Listen, I, I, I understand what you're saying. We want some continuity. We want guys sticking around for more than one or two years. But you got to be productive. I mean, we all agree, right? We all agree that if you're not productive this year, 
with all the pieces you added, led by Spencer Rattler, how can you justify keeping Satterfield around? You know what I mean? Because again, we will know it, this time it wasn't the car, it was the driver, right? Again, 11 games to go. Week one is not an indictment on the entire season, but there has to be massive improvement. I mean, there's just no question. There has to be massive improvement. That's not a hot take. That's the right take. That's the right take. So we'll see if they can do it. Again, the greatest improvement is made from week one to week two. From week one to week two. All right, we got him in. Let's go ahead and jump into the conversation. Our good friend Alex McGrath joins us. Alex, what's up, man? How are you? Doing, doing good, bud. Sorry about the technical issue there. <laughs> no, you're good, man. How was uh, how was the weekend? Obviously, I guess you watched the game, but uh, yeah, we haven't talked to you in uh, in a week. So, what's going on, man? You know, just enjoyed the long weekend. Got some yard work done. Watched like 12 hours of college football on Saturday. It was a it was a delightful day. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Um, and I know we'll be linking up a little bit later this week. We got to go. By the way, we got to go play some golf sometime. That's a little bit of a side note, but we do have to make yeah, it work agreed. out. Yeah, we gotta go. Uh, we gotta go swing them. Anyways, we'll man. Real, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll make it work for sure. Anyways, though, really excited to get you in here, Alex. We're talking what happened over the weekend, looking ahead to this weekend. Um, and, and I feel like I feel like we've broken this thing down and dissected it each and every single way you can to this point. But again, I'm really excited to just get your perspective. Let, let's let's just start the elephant in the room, right? The offense, and, and specifically what you saw from them. You know, I, I talked a little this morning. I think one of the bright sides, you know, you, you win this game, Alex, 35 to 14. And if I would have told you a week ago that would have been the score, we would have all been ecstatic, right? We would have been elated. But then you watch how the game unfolded. And you watch what the offense did. I'll just ask you this question because I know you've seen the reaction. You and I have texted back and forth, but you see social media. You get kind of a feel on what the pulse of Gamecock Nation is. Do you feel like the expectations were too high? Was the was the hype and momentum? Was it an unfair amount? Was it just a, was it just a, a, a level of expectation that nobody be able to meet? Because I do think that's interesting. You know, I talked to Chris Doring, and that conversation will drop tomorrow on the podcast. But it is kind of funny. You know, it's not just South Carolina. You look across the SEC, right, at all these different games, and unless you're Georgia beating Oregon 49 to three or your Florida upsetting Utah. The tough thing about week one is this. The tough thing about week one is this. When you're playing a quote unquote inferior opponent, you know, there's so much hype and energy going into week one. Alex, it's almost like you can't win by enough. You, you know what I mean? You can't yeah. win by enough to satisfy your fan base. So do you feel like now sitting here today there was too much hype and too high of expectations for a game one where we see it all the time in week one? It is truly unpredictable. Well, I mean, no. <laughs> like, uh, because I, just because of the pieces you had coming back. So I think everybody expected to just roll the ball out there and push somebody around. And that obviously didn't happen, at least on the offensive side, that didn't happen. Um, and I think it's just like, how do you go in there and like correct that mistake? And is that mistake even like correctable at this point? Because it's it's like the same issues that popped up last year kind of reared their head in this first game. And like, and I'd, I'd love to get your perspective on this too. It's mm -hmm. like, cause I listened to a little bit of the show with Steven yesterday, but just like the, like the, like the game plan just seemed odd. 
Like there wasn't, it was like we weren't, it, it seemed very conservative. And I don't know if that is on purpose or what that's about, but to me, it just seemed incredibly conservative coming out of the gate where, you know, you're not taking a ton of deep shots. You're not, and I don't know if that's playing off one or the other, but it was just, it was, it was an odd watch to put it yeah, lightly. And, and listen, Alex, like I, I'm going to, I'm going to expose myself as not a, not a football guy by trade, right? I, I didn't play it past freshman year of high school, whatever. I mean, I, I, you know, did not play it in college like you or certainly anything beyond that. Like I understand, right. When you go play, Oh, we just lost Alex here. What happened? We just saw, lost Alex. Maybe he got a call. Here we go. <laughs> Must champ hackers. Here we go. Hot on a Tuesday. Must champ hackers are hot. I don't know. Alex is uh hold on, Alex. We can't we can't hear you. We can't hear you. Must champ hackers hot on a Tuesday. Must champ hackers did not like what uh Alex McGrath had to say there. Uh, let's see. We're going to try to get Alex back in. Here we go. I got, for some reason, I got nothing. Oh, we're going we're gonna to take him off here. We're going to bring you back in. I got, I got nothing. I hear nothing. We got no audio. No, no sound for the guy, Alex McGrath. Just, just try to exit out and come back in. Yeah, just try to exit out and come back in. All right, we're, we're going to get Alex McGrath back in here. Um, I'm a, yeah, there we go. All right, he just logged out. We're going to get him back in. I don't know. Um, Braddock843, ever get to Florence? Maybe a remote from Rivals. We got our merchandise in Rivals. We got our merchandise in Rivals. A, a, a remote show could be cool, Braddock. A remote show could be cool. Let's try this again. Um, I got nothing. Where, where's the audio, my guy? Where's the audio? Are you, are you muted? I'm going to try to mute you and unmute you. Technical. I'm gonna ref- I'm gonna refresh my side as well. Feed his feed. I still got nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I still got nothing. I don't know. That is that is very strange. Are the AirPods alive, my guy? The AirPods are working. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> uh, let's see. <clears throat> That is so weird. It just it just cut out out of nowhere. As I post this tweet, letting everybody know that Alex is in here. Again, we're working through technical issues on a Tuesday. I don't know what's more dysfunctional. Alex's service and audio or this Gamecocks offensive line. I don't know. Here we go. I think I can Anything? hear you. Yes, yes. We're Deep. good. All right. Yes. I don't know what happened. I, I was just saying, Alex, I don't know what's more dysfunctional. Um, the, the technical side of things right now or the Carolina offensive line, either way though. Um, yeah, no, just get, getting back to, again, though, I, I'm exposing myself as not a, a football guy by trade. The point I was going to make is this. I understand going into like a, a game one, you don't show all your cards. You, you, you don't, you don't just throw the kitchen sink at Georgia state. You want to, you want to save your good plays or, or not open up your playbook before going into sec play. But it, it's just – it's just when people tell – like, I, I hate when fans say that after – you know, I feel like that's the excuse used after an underwhelming performance against a team you should be able to have a lot of success against, right? Like, if you go out there against Charlotte or SC State, same thing, and the offense doesn't look good. Well, we we just were holding back, man. We, we weren't trying to 
to show all our cards. And Well, I don't care if you don't want to show all your cards, Alex, but play the right cards in the process. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and it's just, I, I guess that was what made me so frustrated watching that and, and uh, you know, just feeling like you had all this hype, positive momentum going into week one. Listen, you got the dub. You want to know, who cares? We're going to stop beating a dead horse in just a second and talk about week two. But in that game specifically, the Georgia State game alone, I just felt like it was a great opportunity in front of a sold-out crowd to flex your muscles a little bit, show off your shiny new toys and like you mentioned, the game plan, very vanilla, very conservative a lot of the times. And, and uh, you know, with the right execution, it may have resulted in big plays, but it wasn't there. And it just felt, like you said, it almost felt like a carryover from the spring game. Like a lot of yeah. – does, does anybody love swing passes more than Marcus Satterfield? I mean, is that just like <laughs> he stays up at night just having dreams about throwing a swing pass? Like I, we love throwing a swing pass. I, I, I don't know. It, it left a lot to be desired, bottom line. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's the the main takeaway. It was just, you know, we just didn't really do much. And I don't – and, again, it's just like, is that by design or kind of we dealing with these same issues again? And I don't I don't know what the answer to that is. It just seemed like, especially like in the passing game, it was just like not to take really any deep shots that looked to be by design. I mean, certainly, you know, Spencer hit um, that one deep ball when he was rolling out, but I mean, that was not the play call. So I don't know. It just, it was, it just looked odd. Well, on the positive, Alex, let's just say this about the offense. I think you can see, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it. There are weapons there. I mean, Spencer Rattler showed his talent. He showed his ability. If not for that, you know, you, you would have been in a really tough spot. I think him rolling outside of the pocket, you can see why he was regarded as such a, 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 a highly rated player. You know, he's an elite thrower of the football. That throw he had down the sideline of Jalen Brooks, not many guys can make that throw. Um, you know, I loved what he could do on the move. I thought Marshawn Lloyd looked healthy. Again, Jalen Brooks emerged as a guy that maybe he can be a contributor week in, week out. Uh, Antoine Wells with seven catches. Jaheim Bell's a versatile guy that should give SEC defenses nightmares. Um, you know, I think Stogner will be more part of the game plan moving forward. Josh Van had an off night, but he's somebody you feel like you can depend on. I do feel like the pieces are in place if, and it's a big if, the offensive front can give you a chance. Yeah, no, I 100% agree to watch, you know, you know, Brooks have that night. You look at Antoine Wells playing like he played, you know, again, to your point, like Josh Van had one catch, but I think he really only had two targets, right? Yeah. He, he, that, I think the final one was that one that hit him right in the chest and he dropped it. it just, that was tough. I just, so I right. just, account, just chalk it up. It just wasn't his night. I don't know. It just wasn't yeah. his night. Bottom line. You know, so I think you know. Stogner only had w like one or two targets. So it was, and, and that, I guess that's really what I mean by it. it was just kind of like a weird, like the things you would think you would come out and feature weren't featured. Mm hmm. Like, because we weren't, you know, like, we had a lot of success throwing Jaheim Bell vertical routes and post patterns last year. We didn't do that once, and yeah. curiously, he was lining up at running back a lot. And I'm all for getting your best players the ball as much as you can get them the ball. But, it's, again, it's just like I'm watching that. It was just, like, very curious to me. Hmm. And I don't know, again, if that was by design or, like, what the strategy was there. How shocking – 
were the offensive line issues to you in watching that game? Like, like how, 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 how surprised were you that it was such a glaring issue? Well, I, you know, I, te- I texted you earlier in the game, just like where the, like the pass protection looked pretty good right. from the O-line at first. And then it was just like, we couldn't run the ball at all. And then like the pass pros started to break down in the second half a little bit too. So, I mean, that was like shocking is probably too strong of a word because we've seen it before. You just kind of assume like the longer somebody's in a program, getting more comfortable with the protections and the play calls and the sets and everything that you kind of goes into that, especially with the cohesiveness of having worked like with the same quarterback since the spring, all the way up through fall camp and into game one, it was, it was disappointing, but that doesn't mean it can't get better. Um, and we'll definitely have a better idea of that this weekend. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're going to know after these next two weeks, Arkansas and Georgia, again, we talked about in the preseason, nowhere to hide, right? You're going to find out. If you don't improve, you will get exposed. Uh, moving to the defensive side, Alex, you know, we sat here again a week ago to the date. We felt confident about the defense at all three levels. We felt like this was a football team that would be able to rely on the defense week in, week out. I think what we saw Saturday was pretty much par for the course. You know, I thought after – and you knew Georgia State was going to have a good game plan. They were going to have that first drive scripted. They were going to be able to run the football to some degree, right, because that's just what they do. Um, Outside of that first drive, I thought the defensive line really took over the football game. You got Georgia State in a lot of third and longs, like we talked about, was so important, especially in that second half. You made life really tough on them. Um, I thought the linebackers were flying around. Brad Johnson, Mo Cava, Debo Williams making plays. Jordan Strawn was making plays. Um, and then your secondary, Cam Smith doing Cam Smith things. Marcellus Style has the pick, thought he played really well. You even saw some young guys like Nicky Minwari and, and, and Stone Blanton, Kawan Banks, DQ Smith making a play on special teams. All in all, though, sticking on the defensive side, I think the defense, again, Par for the course. You're not going to draw any conclusions no matter what from week one. But, you know, I I think it's safe to say Clayton White is going to feature a unit week in, week out that most of the time, if not all the time, I'm going to go into a a game and say the defense is going to give us a very good chance to win a football game. 100%. I mean, even because they went 70 yards on that first drive that ended in zero points. And then for the next – I don't know, what was that, 55 minutes of the game? The defense gave up 230 yards. So, I mean, yeah, they they played really well. A few too many pass interference penalties for my liking and several more that could have been called. So, that's something that's got to get cleaned up. But, I mean, I thought they played great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've got no complaints about the defense. I, I agree with you, you know, the, the, the secondary. But week one, you know, I, like I said, I, I've got no complaints. I, I thought they did a great job of – uh, you know, limiting the run, which it's it's funny though, Alex. Like you look at the box score, right? You look at the box score, and I'm like, why are we the kings of ugly box scores? Right? We ran for <laughs> 3.3 yards per carry. I mean, Georgia State outgained you in the football game, Alex. Like that. that it's like really hard to wrap my brain around. Um, and again, I'm just like, why do we? I, I don't know. It reminded me so eerily much of a box score from last year where it's like we couldn't run the ball. Hey, even we we stopped the run better. We gave up 200 rushing yards on the ground. Granted, that's all they could do, but I, I don't know. Just kind of interesting. Now, what really Alex took over the night, Beamer Ball. Obviously, hey, great night for the brand, man. Great night for the brand. Great what? night for – hold on. We, we lost your audio again. This might have been a me issue, too, because my, my mic kind of clicked in and out. Um, let me see. Let me refresh this here real quick. 
giving us hell today. Must champ here, try to try to log in and log out, my guy. I don't know what's going on with the audio. You can't hear me at all? Yeah, on your I can't hear you again. I don't know what just happened. Okay. Must champ giving us absolute hell today. I, I don't know what it is. Um technology's great until it isn't. I don't know. Here we're gonna yeah, we're gonna kick Alex real quick. I don't know. I couldn't hear him. I could is is it just me? Is it just me? I couldn't hear him there. We're gonna get we're gonna try to get Alex back in. Um here we go. Let's see. Okay, now I can hear you. Sorry. I think it might have been something on my end. Technology's great. Who could say? Yeah, anyways. Uh, Beamer Ball. Great night for the brand. Great night for Beamer Ball. Uh, Special teams, you know, you just show the goal, I think, for each football team is to win two of three facets of the game, right? It don't matter if it's offense and defense. It doesn't matter if it's defense and special teams. A lot of times, if you can win two of three facets, you're going to win the football game. And certainly, we saw that on Saturday night. Um, in just typical Beamer ball fashion, two block punts, both scoop and scores for touchdowns. And we talked a lot about it this preseason, Alex, that for a football team like South Carolina, who, you know, is just looking for any type of advantage they can get, and especially when you go into SEC play and you're going to be underdogs in some of these games, maybe it is special teams that you can lean on to make big plays for you, whether it be, you know, in the punt block game, kick block game, return game, what have you. But again, obviously played a huge role in this game Saturday night. No, it was, yeah, it was gigantic. <laughs> I mean, that was yeah. you got 14 points off a direct punt blocks. And, but, like, to your point, like, if you're kind of on the edge as, you know, like you're going to be in these games and you need that extra juice to get over the line, like, that, like if you can get that out of special teams, like, that's a huge difference maker across the season. Mm-hmm. And if we can continue to get turnovers or get points off of special teams outcomes – that's going to serve us very, very well down the stretch. And I love the aggressiveness of what we're going after with it, you know, faking that field goal in the first quarter and then going through the onside kick and, you know, all of those pieces like that's like, if we can continue to stay aggressive on that. It keeps a major facet of the game and it keeps the other team kind of off balance in that facet facet of the game. And I think that's a good thing to have on film. Now you you were a special teamers, Alex. What 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 makes a great special team? Because everybody's doing the same thing, basically, right? I mean, I mean, there's, there's there's different variations of it, but is it really just the amount of emphasis you put on it, or like like what? Because yeah. uh, I mean that you know Frank Beamer was so well known. That's where Beamer Ball came from, and then obviously Shane Beamer and Pete Limbo. You know, fantastic coaches, and, and you see it. You saw it last year. Now you're seeing it this year. I mean, do, do you think that 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 level of emphasis they put on is what makes it so much better than I guess everybody else? I think that it's it's a level of impl- it, it's a level of importance they're putting on it. In addition to the fact that they've built like they've made that special teams portion fun to where you're like one in your one deep guys want to be on those special teams units, right? And so the better athletes that you can get out there, the better outcomes you're going to have. To where, you know, most of the time that you get those players get held back from participating in that facet of the game, where if you open it up and you put an extra emphasis on it, like that's where you can get those athletes back out there. They'll give you better outcomes. Now, Alex, we look ahead to this weekend. Gamecocks travel to Fayetteville to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks in a game that some fairly or unfairly labeled as the biggest game of this football season. I understand where they're coming from in regards to the swing game aspect, right? Because you and I both know, Alex, 
You beat Arkansas on Saturday, no matter how it happens. If you beat the Hogs, what happened against Georgia State, it don't really matter. How you won, don't really matter. The fact of the matter will be you're 2-0 with Georgia coming into town. Um, I'll ask you first this before we dive into the specifics of the game. Winning on the road, right, was a challenge for Carolina last year. That's putting it kindly. They did not have a lot of success on the road at all. Um, again, you've been in the locker room. You've worn the garnet and black. Just from your perspective, you know, what, what, uh, what, what goes into being successful on the road, right? Um, it, it's very hard to go into SEC venues and win. Um, everybody has the same mindset of protect your home field. And so obviously you've got to be a sound, solid football team. But is there anything you would say mentally, right? Like, like, like what do you think will have to change? Because you're going to have to be more successful on the road this year to have a more successful season. Is there anything you can point to? Or is it as simple as just go play good football and, and execute? It, I mean, it's, it's as simple as that, I would tell you. I mean, we were, I, think, I think team leadership becomes big in those I, I'm actually instances. just thinking back to 07, right, the team you were on. You go to Athens and you win that football game. Like it, 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 you've got to be a very high-quality football team to go into envir- an environment like that. I mean, that, I think that's why Arkansas is such a big game because if you do find a way, it doesn't really matter how you do it. If you find a way to go into Fayetteville and win, we'll be able to look and say, hey, maybe this team – for whatever reason, it was week one. We're, I just don't see a scenario in which you're going to beat Arkansas and you're not a high-quality football team. I'm not saying you're going to win 10 games or anything, but you are going to be a solid football team. You, you, do, you don't fluke your way through SEC play on the road, at least, I feel like. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, you know, do we have the weapons around us to make that happen? Absolutely. It's just like, can you get over that hump? And I feel – like from a mental preparation standpoint, I don't know that it's a whole lot different other than, you know, you're just going to be dealing with a lot more crowd noise on offense than you would be at home. Like you're having to take a plane, you're playing an hour behind. So you're going to, you're going to have a kick at 11 AM in Fayetteville. Mm. And so like those little things, like those definitely play a factor in it, but it's really more than anything. It's just being as consistent as you possibly can be from a coaching standpoint and having that leadership quality on your offense and defense, which I think we have. You know, I, I want to ask you, Alex, but I feel like the answer is so obvious. You know, outside of a victory, what do you most want to see from this game? I, how can anybody not say improve play at the point of attack? I, I just – how? You know what I mean? Like, that has to be the number one thing. That, and I would probably say – and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, obviously, but I would say it's, it's that. And I'd like to see Spencer Rattler take over a football game. And I'm very intrigued, his first SEC game, right? Because we've heard about, you know, Big 12 versus SEC, the differences in defenses. Obviously, Steven Garcia's come on our airways and said, you know, he's he's preached it. The SEC's different. You know, it's just different going against SEC defenses. How does Spencer Rattler handle that? But he won't even have a chance to handle it if that line doesn't give him some sort of protection and also a run game to compliment him. So, again, I'll, I'll let you take the floor. Um just thoughts on this ball game and things specifically you want and need to see from this team. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see us. I mean, I'm making an assumption here, but open the playbook up a little bit, like throw in, you know, <laughs> deep balls to Josh Fan or, you know, Antoine Wells or Jaheim Bell or just getting like opening that playbook up and kind of feature what your strengths are. Because if we go back, if we go back to last year in this first game, 
obviously like pounding the rock is not a strength of ours, except this year. Now we've got somebody standing in the pocket who's, you know, an extremely talented passer. And so, you know, like let's feature that as much as we possibly can and open that side of the playbook up. I mean, certainly like you've got to be able to run the ball with consistency to be a quality football team. And so if we can get a push, that would be outstanding and, you know, definitely average more than three yards a carry or two and a half or whatever that final number came back at. But to me, like what I'd love to see is just opening that playbook up and taking some chances, taking some deep shots and just see what comes of it. Cause you got to give yourself a chance, especially as an underdog on the road. Now, Alex, call me crazy, right? But Sam Pittman, uh, you know, ma- made it abundantly clear that it they, they sounds like they're going to have two or three guys out in their secondary. And we're talking about a secondary that, again, it, it, you know, had a tough game against Cincinnati. Like, do, do you reach a point where you scrap the run game? I, I mean, if you can't run the ball, do, do you – you know, I, I, I have nightmares of hearing Will Muschamp and Mike Bobo say, stay stingy in the run game. Do you just reach a point where you're just trying to beat them through the air, five wide, just just, just try? I mean, I understand you, you just can't do that every play. But at some point, it feels almost counterintuitive to just continue to, for whatever reason, try to run it when you can't. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, maybe that's just the, the pure fan. I have no idea what I'm talking about coming out in me. But, like, I think you, no, do, what I you, mean, gotta, I think you do what you got to do to win. If we got to throw it 45 times, I mean, I, I don't give a damn how it looks. Just find a way. You know? Yeah. I mean, listen, June Jones and Mike Leach have made a great career out of that exact strategy. So, yeah, you can absolutely right. do that. Right. Right. And, and then on the defensive side, Alex, I mean, most certainly this game, I think the biggest the biggest matchup, K.J. Jefferson, the guy that's talked about by many, many think he might be the best quarterback in the SEC, at minimum one of the best, stopping the quarterback run game, right? I, I think it's almost like what you saw Georgia State do you're going to get that on steroids. You know what I mean? And I think they'll be – obviously, he's a much better passer than the Granger kid from Georgia State. Um, but I, I, I think limiting the quarterback run – I think you got to make K.J. Jefferson one-dimensional. Bottom line, you, you got to pick and Absolutely. choose your poison. Um, you know, you got to pick your poison with that guy. If he's able to do both, you stand no chance. And I think keeping contain on the edge will be key in this game as well. Yeah, not, not letting plays break down and him run for 15 yards – if he can get to the outside is the would be the number one thing I would try to eliminate if I was Clayton White. Like yeah. again, making him one dimensional, making him have to make those reads and make those throws versus letting him get creative with his feet, that would be my top priority. Mm-hmm. Because he is he is yeah. a large he is a large man that can run and so that can present a lot of problems. Yeah, dude, for sure. I mean it, it's gonna be a challenge. Um, again, like you mentioned, the 11 a.m. local time kick, which will be very interesting. Um, Alex, I forget, when you were at South Carolina, did you did you have any run-ins with Arkansas or no? Yeah, yeah, we, play, we played at Arkansas in 2007, but that was a night kick, oh, so that wasn't dude, really you were, Oh, my God, you were on the team that Darren McFadden ran for like 350 yards. Oh, he did it for a couple of years in a row there. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh no! But you, but you were, but you were on that team that like he he had like a, a historic night, like a literal historic night. I we, we yeah. still have we still have him in the uh, in the in the wild hog formation or whatever. But I, I was just yeah, going to ask with Felix Jones, yeah, with Felix Jones too. Your memories of playing in Fayetteville or was that game in Little Rock? I I, I 
Yeah, it's Fayetteville. Fayetteville, okay, okay. I was just going to say, your, your memories, though, of, uh, you know, the Gamecocks will go on the road, you know, and, and this is a series I wish would return. South Carolina, Arkansas, for the longest time, was a really, really fun game, and I'd much rather play them on a yearly basis than Texas A&M for obvious reasons. But um, I can't imagine just, why. Yeah. <laughs> your, uh, your memories of going to Fayetteville and what the Gamecocks can expect, and it's so funny, Alex, I'll say this. Everyone I've talked to, former players, whether it be football, baseball, they all say the Arkansas fan base. Like Arkan- I've had many folks tell me Arkansas is the loudest place they play, the most intimidating place to play. Hogs fans, they bring the heat. They do. I, I, I wouldn't say. I definitely wouldn't say it was the loudest or most intimidating. Um, <laughs> but you know, granted, this was fifteen years. God, that makes me sound old. Um, but like that stadium's changed a good bit. They've done a bunch of additions, so it might be that now. But I mean, it wasn't then. Um, I mean, they certainly weren't as you know highly ranked. Well, maybe they were. Who could say? Um, but it, I mean, it's a cool venue to look at for sure. I mean, it's it's definitely a big stadium with a lot of loud fans, and so that's fortunately again, it's an 11 a.m. kick. So hopefully, it won't be as soft as it potentially could be for a night game. But you know, it's it's it can definitely be a loud environment, and they've got a nice squad that they're excited about. So there's going to be people out there calling the hogs all day long and that'll, it'll be a wild environment. I'll put it that way. Alex, I was just looking at the AP top 25. I believe this was just released. Yeah. Arkansas up to 19th in the country, right? Yeah. This was just released because uh, let's see. No, excuse me. This is week one. So, yeah, this was released August 15th. Excuse me, my bad, because this will change. So, Arkansas is going to be a top 25, top 20 team, though. Are you surprised at the line being seven and a half? And what does it tell you? Uh, not really. Um, that you can't take anything that happens week one. It's all got to be with a grain of salt. I mean, like, is, is Oregon 46 points worse than Georgia? Probably not. Um. You know, it's it's week one. You got to take it with a grain of salt and kind of see where you're getting to. But I think if you look at it from a pure matchup standpoint, I I don't. You know, it's a touchdown difference. You know, so neutral site that's going to be what four. So I mean, apparently the people in the desert don't think that lowly of us, and perhaps not that highly of Arkansas. And they didn't build those glimmering buildings by handing people money. (laughs) That is a fact, my friend. Well, Alex, it's going to be a lot of fun for sure. Appreciate you taking the time as always. Looking forward to doing it again next week. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch up soon, my friend. Like I said, I really, really do appreciate it. Absolutely, my friend. Absolutely, man. We'll talk soon. Appreciate it. Alex McGrath joins us weekly every Tuesday. Appreciate Alex taking the time. Really good stuff. And, I think really great insight there. Who knows, man? Going to be a hell of a matchup this weekend in Fayetteville. Cannot wait to see what happens. And again, guys, quick reminder, we will be at Carolina Ale House this Saturday for the noon kickoff, noon Eastern kickoff, downtown Greenville. Uh, Doors open at 11. I'll be there at 11. We'll have towels and koozies for sale, guys. Would love to have you out there. It is going to be a ton of fun. Guys, with that being said, we're going to jump into our first break, but I want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more. On the other side, you're tuned in to the Daily Crow. 
All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, taking your questions, your comments, your calls. Would love to hear from you all. Uh, let's go to the Big Cock Club Discord and the TDC Question Channel. Zach Attack just says, hammer the cocks. I guess the plus seven and a half. Uh, Craig Phillips says, that's true. If you can't win with Rattler, then maybe he's not the guy. Also, the revolving door doesn't make us look good either. It's like a double-edged sword. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's tough, right? It's tough because it's a results-oriented business. But, uh, you know, you hate to have that revolving door. Um, Kevin Applewhite, I, man, I would love, I would love for you to call in. I, I really would. I you would you would be far from the first Clemson slap dick to call into this show, and I love having you guys call in because every single time you call, I let you go because y'all make yourselves look stupid. So Kevin, be my guest. Be my guest. We'd all love to hear from you. Um, you wouldn't be my first choice of people to call in, but you're more than welcome to do so. Hey, we're wide open here. The phone lines are wide open. Um, let's get back into your questions. I feel like most of the chat here is just people trolling Kevin, which is funny. Come on, Kevin. Um, damn it, Steven. Let's see. Spencer Wood, how do you feel like they use Bell? Big fan of his deep ball presence, getting mismatched against a smaller player. Wasn't much of a mixed bag for him. I, I mean, Spencer, I like Jaheim Bell a lot. I, I think he's a weapon, no doubt. I, you know, it was a mixed bag across the board. But yeah, I mean, obviously Jaheim Bell, we're very confident in. We feel good about the prospects of his season. Uh, love seeing him in the backfield. I just love the fact they're using him in a, in a multitude of ways, right, Spencer? So, uh, had no issues with the way they used Jaheim Bell. I, I think it's interesting how much he's going to carry the ball out of the backfield, but whatever you got to do to score points and be productive and keep the defense on their heels, what, whatever you got to do, man, I, I, think it's, I think it's good. You just got to find creative ways to get him the football, and I thought they did that, so – um, you know, again, need more protection up front to have more opportunities to get him the ball, bottom line. Ben DeRosia, what's up, man? Appreciate you tuning in. Travi, yeah, I loved seeing that. I thought Marshawn Lloyd did look really good catching the football. I, I like getting the backs involved in the passing game, getting Juju out there. And, hey, I'll tell you this. It's not just the offensive line blocking. It's, it's blocking on the outside. You know, I watched some highlights yesterday from the game, and, you know, there were a couple of those wide receiver screens, those quick passes that – would have been big gainers had you not had guys missing blocks. Like, everybody across the board. Is it a week one thing? Guess we'll find out. But everybody across the board has got to do a better job of doing their job. Bottom line, end of discussion. I think we can all agree with that, right? So, uh, Todd Smith, for all the Fayetteville Gamecocks. Or Fayetteville, I say Fayetteville Gamecocks. For all the Gamecocks that will be in Fayetteville for the Arkansas game, Todd Smith will have a tailgate setup. Okay, hell of a tailgate set up. Uh, parking lot for those that will be in the area. Yes, hit Todd up. Todd, I don't know how they can hit you up, but, but jump the phone lines here. Zachary, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, Chris. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking what's going on. Well, you know, I'm just happy to be 1-0 start the season. Mm-hmm. Very happy about that. Um, you know, there's some, you know, there's some stuff we got to talk about uh, in this game and stuff. Uh, looking forward to the Arkansas game. Uh, we can talk about. Um, really, um, overall, uh, we can. We know that the offense, like the blocking, you know, you were just saying, all around was not good. I agree with you. There was some not so great 
perimeter blocking, and there was not so great uh, 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 run blocking. And like the pass blocking was, there were moments where the pass blocking was good, and I felt like Spencer ran into some sacks. But there was moments, but you know, like the offensive line just was not up to snuff uh, in this performance. But it's like you know, you like you said, is it just a week one problem, or is it like? Uh, a sign of things to come and it's like and another thing is that I feel like a lot of people are not talking about is that we cannot talk about Georgia Tech is really good Georgia Tech is good and Georgia, Georgia like State people, you mean Georgia, Georgia, Georgia State but yeah. I'm Georgia State Georgia mm-hmm. State I'm, I'm still thinking about that game from last night uh, Georgia State is really is still a good team they're a good team and they deserve their credit like mm-hmm. that's just it Right. I, yeah, and, and I hear what you're saying. Again, Georgia State, not your typical uh, G5 opponent. Again, I'll just say this because I'm not going to beat a dead horse and continue to, 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 to bitch and moan about the offensive line. Great team win. Feels good to be 1-0. Defense, par for the course. Special teams, fantastic. Offense has to be better. There's nobody yeah. out there that will debate that the offense has to be better. And I, I just yeah. – what makes me weary – is we were sitting here, this exact same situation last year. Offensive line did not play their best ball week one. We wrote it off and chalked it off as game one jitters. Week one. Oh, it's just the first game. Don't worry about it. And it lingered throughout the entire season. So, I got to be honest yeah. with you, my guy. There's nothing really concrete that you can latch onto and say, this is why the offensive line will be better, and, and that was a fluke, and that was game one jitter. Like, there really isn't anything. I, I hate to say that, but I just got to see it on the field. And, and again, I said this yesterday. I said it on the podcast. The reason people left Saturday night with mixed feelings, it wasn't because they were displeased about beating Georgia State. That's not why. They had mixed feelings because they know we know what's to come. We know Arkansas is this weekend. We know Georgia's the following. And, and we saw this same song and dance a season ago. That is why nobody's writing off the rest of this season. But it's just after yeah. after an entire preseason, after an entire offseason of this time we knew what the problem was. Like, right, right. Like last year, we thought the O-line was going to be a strength. And it fell short of expectations. This year, we knew it was something we had to put emphasis on. And so, it is disheartening to see that type of effort. I'm not saying that's what we're going to be all year. But it is disappointing, no matter how you spin it, that that was the effort put forth. Now, we will see if they can go back. They're watching the film. They're watching the tape. They're practicing all week. If they can make the necessary adjustments. And we see a much different story on Saturday, maybe it was a limited playbook. Maybe it was a somehow it was a bad matchup. I don't know, but it's one of those things where I've got to see it. I, 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 I've just I've got to see it, man, because we've seen this song and dance. It's the same five guys as last year. The weapons are there, though. That's yep. the positive, I think. And you've got the gunslinger to do it. You just have to have a chance by your big uglies up front. That's it. So. Everybody's happy to be 1-0. Everybody's happy to get a 35-14 to win. But there were most certainly things left to be desired. And nobody – listen, here, let me say this too. 
nobody's trying to be an insufferable fan this week, but you are just a sunshine pumping. You can't handle any sort of criticism if you can't look at that game and understand why people have concerns. Like, you can't operate through this week and just say, well, you know, we won by 21. All is good. Sunshine and rainbows. We got nothing to worry about going into this weekend. Dude, I was worried about the matchup with the line of scrimmage before the season even started. So now... I mean, obviously, I didn't see anything from Saturday night to make me feel better about that matchup. We'll, we'll, we'll see if that's not the case, but it, it's that's where the challenge lies is up front, bottom line. Yeah, I'm not trying to be overwhelmingly positive, <clears throat> but like I said, I did see some stuff that I did like. I did see the defensive line look like it improved. Yeah, and, and I, and I want to make the point, Zachary, I'm, I'm not saying you are trying to be. I'm just saying in general, there's some out there they just can't fathom why – why people would be anything but, you know, over the moon, excited and ecstatic yeah. and happy about. It's like there ain't no way you watch that game and don't understand why people are just kind of a little like I'm feeling a little uneasy. Like that that that's a pretty normal rational take, I think. You know what I mean? Like so Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I like, yeah, I, I guess you're right. Yeah, but like there were definitely some positives to take. Um special teams look good. The D-line looked improved from last year. Like, I, you know, uh, they let some big runs go here and there, but I'm going to, you know, chalk it up to, like, it, like they run, like, a zone scheme. So, like, a, um, re, a zone read scheme, and that's kind of difficult to defend. And plus, uh, like I said, Georgia, uh, Georgia State is still really good, but I definitely did see some improvements. They got them in, like, a lot of third and longs, and the DBs played really well. Nick Imiwari, mm-hmm. he is everything that the staff hyped up to be and more. Mm-hmm. Um, that fourth down stop was incredible. And he – and basically, he that was like, what, his second playoff bench, and he made that play, and that was incredible. Uh, I love that Mo Caba finally got his time to shine. Uh, I thought he played really well. And Kwan uh, uh, Banks, he came off the bench. He mm-hmm. misplayed himself. Um, yeah, and uh, Marcellus Dial, he made, he had a, he had some, inter- I, there were some interesting moments from Marcellus Dial at uh, DV, but overall, I think he held his own really well, and yeah, I, I'm just really impressed uh, with the defense, and I think they are looking to pick up right where they left, left off, and I was telling someone else that I was kind of worried that this defense was not going to look the same. And it was kind of looking like the same, a little better on uh, the run on the run game situation. Um, but yeah, well, we'll we'll see as the season goes on. They have a big test. Uh, Rocky Sanders is coming, and um, he's really good. Yeah, now listen, I think you make a lot of great points. I, I'm very encouraged by. The defense, everything you said, I mean, again, <clears throat> it was sort of a par for the course game because I expected them to play well, and they did. They did. And I thought we did a great job of the course that game stopping the run as it went on. Uh, special teams, obviously, I mean, saved the day for you, really. It made that thing a lot more comfortable than it, than it otherwise would have been. Um, but, yeah, no, listen, I think you make a lot of great points. And um, all in all, again, you're 1-0. Feels good to be 1-0. Now the real challenge begins. SEC play, road game. That's something I can't, you know, we're going to get into as the week goes. We can get into it today if you guys want. Um, this is a team that was not very good on the road last year. And, and granted, you played some tough teams on the road, but uh, winning on the road, 
that's got to be a point of emphasis this season that starts Saturday. So, yeah. Also, uh, talk about weapons. I thought that the I thought the running backs, even though they did not have much to work with, still played with played their hearts out. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd looked good catching the ball. Juju still looks explosive. Like both of them looked really explosive. It was good that Jalen Brooks got his time. Uh, Antoine Wells again looks looks like he has looks like he, how he was advertised. I definitely think that there are weapons on this team. And like I said, Spencer Rattler, I, the two picks he made, the two picks, uh, the one to Wells, he got greedy on. And the one to Amari Brown, I think he just put too much on it. Mm-hmm. He should have just, you know, put it like right on the numbers. And, uh, you know, but that, you know, those are fixable mistakes. And like I said, I think he ran into a few sacks himself. But like I said, these are like some of these are like fixable mistakes. Hopefully that you'll fix them. These are wrong. Yeah, I mean, listen, no, <clears throat> nobody, no sane fan is throwing in the towel in the season. But there are mistakes that have to be corrected. If they're not, Arkansas is going to run you off the field. So, um, got to get it fixed yeah. and get it fixed in a hurry, no doubt. Yeah. Speaking of Arkansas, um, I read, I, I saw that a lot of people were shocked that the line was only eight. I don't know if it moved or not, but the line was only eight. And I don't yeah. think that is necessarily that crazy. Mm-hmm. I actually yeah. did watch the Cincinnati-Arkansas game, and I thought Cincinnati made played sloppy. They made a lot of mistakes on offense. Yeah. And I like their quarterback missed a ton of throws that could have changed <clears> the game. And I think that it – uh, the O line, their uh, Cincinnati's O line did not look that sturdy at points, but I don't think it's that crazy that the line is only eight. I'm not saying that we could uh, necessarily lead to an upset, but there are some things. If people actually watch the Arkansas Cincinnati game, you'll be like, eight, like, you know, that's actually kind of reasonable, right? Uh, the way that Cincinnati Arkansas game went. Yeah, and just from the gambling side, Zachary, I'm glad you bring this up because Arkansas actually opened as an 11.5-point favorite. That that line came down all the way to 7.5. Now, yeah. money has gone back onto Arkansas as it sits right now. I'm looking at it. Hogs sit as an 8.5-point favorite. Over-under opened at 52.5. Yeah. It now sits at 53, so some money in on the over. But, uh, yeah, Arkansas and have – it doesn't surprise me either, Zachary. It really doesn't because, again, you know, <clears throat> the, the transitive property and all that, it, it really doesn't apply in college football. And as Alex McGrath said, and anybody will tell you, week one is a bit of a crapshoot. So, I, I do think South Carolina is going to play better. I, I, I really do. I want to make that very, very clear. I've gotten out all my complaining and my griping and what ha- – I do think the Gamecocks – are going to improve. This isn't going to be some blowout game. I didn't think it'd be a blowout game in the preseason. I don't think it's going to be a blowout game now, right? So that's why I think you're seeing the spread there. Um, so it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't totally shock me that, uh, that that line is where it's at, but it has gone up eight and a half now. So if you feel confident in the Gamecocks, yeah. there is value there for sure. Yeah. So like speaking of which, since I mentioned George Tess, it was nice to see EJ Jenkins get um get some playing time, and he played well. 
and I'm happy for him that he played well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard lots of people say that Jason Brown should have started the um, should have started in the Virginia Tech game, but I'm like, they were both playing really good defense. So I'm like, would Jason Brown really made a difference in that game? I don't really know. That's just my two cents because both teams look to be playing really stingy defense. So who knows? Maybe Jason Brown could have made uh, made a change, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Chris, I saw your uh, tweet from last night. It does look like when the fans are in mid-season form. That dude, that kid was in high, he was a high, a high school. That was a high schooler. What were they? What were they doing? That was a high schooler. He should yeah. be ashamed of himself. As I said last night, man, a, a Clemson man truly no, needs no introduction. So, it, it, I was like. I, I looked at it. I looked at it really closely. I was like, is that getting like that? He looks like he can be in high school. Mm-hmm. He literally looks like he could be like a sophomore in high school. Like, what is like, come on, man. Take your drunk ass home. I don't know. I don't know, my guy. It's, it's just, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it also, Clemson took our model of winning blocking two uh blocking two points. yeah i was i was wondering model. i wonder i don't know how if anybody could do the statistics on this or or go back and look at the history i doubt though it's ever happened that south carolina and clemson in the same week have blocked two punts yeah like that, that there's just no way that's happened before right like that's it's crazy that both teams did that really yeah and i mean like I, you know like that game was closer than I think lots of Clemson fans would like to think. I think that the offseason did not really help him, did not really help DJ. I, he looked better in some aspects. He looked more mobile, mm-hmm. but uh, accuracy still was not, I think, what Clemson fans would like to see. Um, I don't know. I'm not a betting man. I, I think you could see K-Club, Nick, by the time the season's over. Because I think the problem was Clemson fans were like, if because they almost lost to uh, Georgia Tech last year, and I think some Clemson fans were like, you know, what's going to happen? I think the best case scenario was them being up 31 going into halftime, but they weren't. They were kind of in the dog fight, and then you know Clemson was able to just outlast them uh, with the two big pumps uh, with the two big blocks. And, um, yeah, I was like, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. <clears throat> for sure. I, I, I would say this. I would be – I'd be pretty shocked if DJ made it through the season as the starter. I, I'd be shocked. I, I really would. Yeah. It's, 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 you're already struggling against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's coach is on the hot seat. No one really believe. I, I don't think anyone really believes in him. I think some of them were even shocked that they were able to hang in that game that long. Because I'm talking to a lot. I hear in the Georgia Tech circles that a lot of people are are not buying in. I heard a lot of people say like, "Oh, there's been changes and all this and that," and there's still some people who aren't 1,000% bought into those changes being effective. And you know, like Clemson struggled against them, so. And DJ was there, and Clay and Katie Colton, they say what you want, uh, say that um, they that DJ already beat the life out of them, but he still looked good. So you don't know what the you know, whatever happens happens, you know. Right. I just I hope I just hope whatever problems we have, 
we have it to we can at least give them a game by rivalry rivalry weekend. For sure. Zachary, I appreciate the call, my guy. Always a pleasure chatting with you. All right, you too, Chris. Thanks. Yeah, man. Take care. Great stuff. Great stuff there from Zachary. We do we do appreciate it. What's going on, man? How are you? What's up, Chris? This is Joe, man. Watch your show every day. I appreciate what you do. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for that. What's up? Yeah, man, I was just calling in. Um, looking at the talent, and if we come off with the win against Arkansas, others are going to view it as an upset. I really don't view it that way. I would view it as play into, honestly, our potential. What's your thoughts on that? Well, you know, you label it as an upset because you're the Vegas underdog. You're on the road. Um, but, I mean, I, I to your point, I would agree with you it's a toss-up game. That's how I viewed it in the preseason. Um, and, yeah, most certainly that if you do play up to your potential, then you, you could argue it that it wouldn't be an upset, right? And, and it may turn out, right, as the season goes along, especially if you do beat Arkansas and you end up going eight and four, and depending on what Arkansas does, we might look back and say, well, that was never an upset to begin with, right? If we if we knew then what we know now, right, South Carolina should have been favored. So right now you can't say that, but I, but I hear where you're coming from, that with the pieces we have, if we play to our potential across the board, you could argue and say, no, this game should be a pick em, or maybe we, we should even be favored by a point or two. But I think just going off of based off what you know right now, what Arkansas did last year, who they had coming back, uncertainties with our football team, you know, things that, like you mentioned, our personnel are uh, – we have high hopes for, but they're not proven. You know, that's why Vegas makes the line at what it is. And, of course, it also being in Fayetteville – you know, that, that's why it would be labeled as a court. But I, I, I certainly would not, I mean, to your point again, I certainly would not label it as like going to Georgia in 2019, right, where it's just this massive shocking upset. Right. I mean, if South Carolina beats Arkansas and they do it in a fashion in which, you know, the pieces that are, you know, come together and perform, we will say, okay, we just played better football. Like, we, we had the pieces to win this game. So, um, I, I do get what you're saying. From the Vegas perspective, it would be an upset. Right. Okay, bro. That's all I wanted to get your thoughts on that, man. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see your show every day. Yeah, man. Thanks again. I appreciate that and appreciate the call and uh, calling anytime, my friend. Really, really good stuff. Uh, thank you so much to him again. And guys, all of you that tune in each and every single day, man, I just cannot say thank you enough. Um, the, you know, I'm getting texts and comments from people uh, over a hundred, I guess, tuned in on YouTube right now. And, and we probably will guys, you know, I say this, I feel like I've been saying it forever. Um, we probably will at some point transition this show to strictly on YouTube. But because when it comes to, I mean, if you guys, again, I, I've told you all this before. And I, it's funny, I actually had somebody tell me this in person on Saturday. But when it comes to the business and what's good for the business and in regards to, you know, you can't monetize Twitter, you can't monetize Facebook. YouTube, though, YouTube is a platform that you can monetize, right? Because YouTube has their own ads and stuff like that. And, and certainly YouTube is not like a, a lead revenue generator for us, but it generates revenue on a monthly basis. So there, there may, and I know I'll say this too, though, honestly, I to platform is superior. That's just my opinion. Here we go. Robbie, what's up, man? How are you? 
I'm doing fantastic on this Tuesday. How are you doing on this Tuesday? I'm doing well, my friend. I appreciate you asking. I'm just going to let you know ahead of time. You got nine minutes until Beamer speaks. I, got, I just want to give you the heads up. All right. I need. A, I only need about five. All right. Take take as much time as you like, time. as long as it's not more than nine minutes. Okay. I just wanted to say if what you said about back to what you said about the quarterback, right, for Arkansas, right. If I was Clayton White, okay, which I'm not, obviously, but if I was Clayton White, this is what I would do, right? Because he, because like you said, he likes to, he likes to use his legs, right? Mm. And he also can pass, right? If you can make a mobile quarterback one dimensional and second and and have him second guess on running, you can win a football game against a guy that that's that that is that athletic okay so if i was clayton white right this is what i would do i would have one of my linebackers just about every time spying him wherever he goes follow him hmm. he goes to the bathroom to take a piss go okay i don't care wherever he goes go go hit him okay I don't give a – I don't care. Robbie said, go hit him in the stall. Go hit him in the stall. <laughs> if he goes to the concession to get food, follow him. I don't care, okay? Contain him. Make him uncomfortable. Make him scared. Because if you make a QB scared, he's going to make a mistake. Mm. And, if yeah, he make, and if he makes a mistake or two – I think we can win this game, and I, I, I still I still believe, like I said several weeks ago before we started, I feel like if we average 35 or more points, we have the defense to win the football game. And I think that we if we if we can get the 35 points, we can put the game away and leave Arkansas with the with the W. Yeah, I mean, Robbie, I'd put it at if you can score twenty four or more, I think you have a really, really good shot in this game. I, I really do. I really do. Um, I I believe in this defense. I mean, I, I'm not saying they're not going to have, you know, that there's going to be some times this year the matchups are tough, and and I'm not saying they're going to be some historically, you know, great defense. I'm not setting the expectations over the top, but I, I feel right. confident most weeks this defense is going to give us a chance to win. I, I really do. So I think if you score. 24 or more, you know, I think you got a good shot. I, I really, really do. Um, you'd feel a lot more comfortable if you get around that 27, 28 range, but 24 or more, I think, I think you got a good chance. So that, that's that, I mean, that's what it'll come down to. Um, I mean, it's funny how in college football though, you know, you think you have or really in life, right? You think you have one thing figured out and then something else pops up. And, and then by the time you get that figured out, it, it's kind of like being a golfer, right? One day it's your driver, one day it's your putting, one day it's your iron play, one day it's your, you're scrambling one day at your short game. You know, as soon as you get one thing figured out, it's something else. But, uh, right. I, man, I, I, you know, I, I think our defense will do enough. I think they'll do enough for us to have a shot to win if we can score, bottom line. If we, if we, can, if we can move the football offensively and, and put pressure on Arkansas, I, I think our defense is going to give us a shot, no question. Right. If every, and if every if – every, if, every, uh, if both sides of the ball – both do their job effectively. We will that we will 100% leave out Arkansas 2 and 0 and go into Georgia and play. And whenever Georgia comes into uh, Willie B, 
make their life a living hell for three hours. So, indeed. But that's all I got. I will talk to you uh, later on this week. Go Gamecocks and the heck with Clemson. Robbie, what'd you think about Clemson last night? Oh, I was pissed. I was not happy. They looked like shit early on, though. I know. I was was thinking about it. I was thinking about that, too. You know what's funny, Robbie? I had the most random thought last night when I was watching the Clemson game. I thought to myself how you always say, if if we need any groceries or any any uh, any plants or whatever the hell you say, uh, we'll give you a call. But otherwise, we're, we're uh, you know we, we we don't need you. What, what is it you say again? Uh, just stick, but only thing Clemson graduates are good for is uh, knowing how to grow groceries and milk cows and breed chickens. <laughs> that's that's all they're good that's for. That's it. That's it. That's it. I love that. I love that. I love that. Anyways, but, uh, yeah, I will. Uh, see, I'll, I'll, you you have a great rest of your day, and uh, I will talk to you tomorrow. And I will give you my. I know I already gave you like my full blown season prediction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Thursday I'll give you my. I'll, Thursday I will give you my score prediction for, for Saturday. Love it. Got to have it. Got to have it, Robbie. I look forward to that, man. Look forward to chatting with you every day, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate you too, man. Have a good one. Yeah, man. You too. Take care. Great stuff from the legend, Robbie Davis. My guy John says, if both sides do their job, we will indeed win. Facts. Facts. If we win, John, in all three facets of the ballgame, we'll win the football game. We will win the football game. Um, Anyways, guys, uh, we're about to jump into, you don't have to go anywhere, we're about to jump into Shane Beamer's weekly presser. Um, So stay right here for that if you do want to tune in. Oh, by the way, guys, I forgot. God, look at me. I forgot to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks because the Daily Crow is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. You see the logo. Go download the Prize Picks app. Or go to prizepicks.com. When you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100, guys. We all play spreads, totals, futures, all that, but prop plays, I'm telling you, is where it's at, right? We do our Prize Picks plays of the week. Right, where I give you guys my plays, and hey, we hit four or five last week. We had a pretty good week. We won money, bottom line. Um, great opportunity to win money this football season with our friends at Prize Picks. And again, they're giving away money with the promo code TSUS when you sign up today. $100, up to $100, they'll match that deposit when you do so. And again, we appreciate our friends over at Prize Picks for their love and support of the Spurs Up show. Um, guys, again, Shane Beamer is about to speak to the media. We will pull it up in about a minute or so. I've got the uh, the, the video feed going here. We'll pull that up in about a minute. Um, <clears throat> Jeff Gulledge, for those who are keeping score, we're nine wins away from the ass tat. Okay. Yeah, you're right, Jeff. You're right. You're right, my guy. <laughs> you know, most, though, after that game Saturday, told me, Chris, I, I, I think you're safe from the, old, the whole ass tat thing, but. You never know. I, listen, hey, that's the exciting thing. All you can ask for is the opportunity. And listen, we we came away from week one. We came away from that game Saturday night. Happy we got a 21-point win. But with mixed emotions and some concern because of what we saw on the offensive side. 
Here's the bottom line, though. You hogs this weekend as the Muschamp Packers try to cut off. You take down the hogs this weekend in Fayetteville. None of what happened against Georgia State is going to matter. What an opportunity, man, to go on the road, get a huge win, and set the stage for a massive, massive showdown against Georgia in week three. Okay, let's go ahead and get the Beamer presser pulled up on the screen here. We'll go ahead and jump into this. Hunter Johnson, does Beamer get pissed off at the O-line questions today? You know they're coming. I mean, he, he has to know they're coming, right? So, all right, cool. We'll go ahead and jump into it, guys. Don't go anywhere. Right here. Boom. We got it. Uh, I will stay in this corner until Shane Beamer actually takes the podium. But, um, again, again, if, if, the, if the offensive front can give you any sort of chance, and, again, guys, you got to think about it this way, too. The offensive line not being good, as I said, all preseason, it's not a good enough excuse. Scheme around it this weekend. Just find a way. I don't care how you win, right? Just find a way to win. Hey, let's take the old baseball adage. Win anyway. Win anyway, right? Win freaking anyway. Offensive line don't block. Who gives a damn? Win anyway. Defense is a lackluster game. Who gives a damn? Win anyway, right? Just find a way to win. Find a way to win. That's it. Okay, I'm going to take myself off the screen, guys. Beamer going to take the podium any second now, and uh, we'll take in what Coach has got to say. Appreciate y'all sticking around, tuning in. Appreciate it. Sorry to keep you all waiting. Chris Culliver is uh, was or is here today, so I was down the hall catching up with him. Told him, uh, I think the last time I went out to Fayetteville, he was on the team with us back in, what, 2010? No, me. I went here in 13. Come on, Steve. Last time we went out there, me, uh, I think he was with us, so wish he was uh, going out there, maybe nine, whenever it was. Uh, I think it was an odd number year. But it was great seeing Chris, so sorry to keep you guys uh, waiting. Uh, excited to uh, get out here. And uh, open up SEC play this week against a uh, really, really, really good team. Um, uh, beat a really good Cincinnati team on Saturday. Uh, so many weapons. Uh, offensively, you just look at them with the quarterback and 245-pound quarterback and a 225-pound running back and a big physical offensive line. Um, I mean, they got a six foot nine offensive tackle out there. Uh, they're large, obviously, and then they got weapons also. I mean, the the tight ends, a really good player. They got multiple backs. Uh, the receivers, both starting receivers, I've been with. Matt Landers was with us at Georgia, and uh, he's had a great career. Transferred in there and is doing a nice job for him. Jaden Hazelwood, we were I was with Jaden at Oklahoma. Uh, he's doing a great job uh, for him as well. So we've got a real challenge. And then, you know, defensively, just the it jumps off tape. The whole team, the effort they play with, the physicality they play with. But you watch them on defense, size up front, and uh, bumper pool, the linebacker, um, just a fabulous player. Drew Sanders, uh, I remember the, who's the other linebacker for him now that transferred in from Alabama. I can remember being at Georgia, and Drew was a freshman, I want to say, in high school. And we had him at camp in Georgia and knew that he was going to be an absolute freak uh, once he graduated, and that's what he was. We recruited the heck out of him in Oklahoma and were crushed when we didn't get him 
at Oklahoma. Uh, felt like he could be a guy that could play offense, defense, whatever he wanted at Oklahoma, and went to Alabama, and now he's at Arkansas. And, and then a really good secondary also. So will be a big challenge for us. Sam Pittman has done a, an amazing job uh, there, uh, elevating that program since he came in. Ton of respect for Sam. Uh, even before we coached together at Georgia, always knew the, or heard the name Sam Pittman going back to when I was here at Carolina and we were recruiting Robert Quinn from Fort Dorchester and we lost him to North Carolina and the guy recruiting him was Sam Pittman. I remember thinking, how in the heck did the offensive line coach at North Carolina just get Robert Quinn to come to Chapel Hill? And um, he did. So knew of him then and, and then got the opportunity to work with him at Georgia, uh, learned so much from him. He was a huge help to me in my career when I got hired at Georgia by Kirby. I had never coached tight ends before in my life. I had coached defense here and coached running backs at Virginia Tech. Uh, so I was really, I was the special teams coordinator at Georgia, but I was also the tight ends coach. And I was very, you know, um, I was definitely a rookie there because I had never coached tight ends. And Sam helped me so much just uh, being the offensive line coach. The offensive line coach and the tight end coach worked very closely together. And he was very patient and taught me a lot about offensive line play. And tight end play and learn a lot from him. Got a ton of respect for him. We lived in the same neighborhood in, in Athens, and he's a good friend and, and someone that I uh, always pull for. So happy for his success. And he's got a really good team that plays really, really hard and takes has taken on his personality. It'll be a big challenge for us Saturday. We know it's going to be a great atmosphere uh, as well. I haven't been there in a while, but I've been there a bunch early on in my career, either at Mississippi State. Well, Mississippi State, we played them in Little Rock, but going back uh, when I was here at Carolina, and then I was thinking about it earlier. The first time I ever went out there was I was a GA at Tennessee in 2001, and that was the Saturday before the tragedy of 9-11. A few days later, that was the last home, or last game I was a part of before 9-11. We went out there on a Saturday night at Tennessee and won. I think we had a weather delay, and then 9-11 happened a few days later. So been a long time. Uh, I know they've made a bunch of improvements and enhancements to that stadium and excited to get out there. We've got to have a great week of practice and uh, give ourselves a, the opportunity to go out there and play well. Got off to a good start this morning and real quick injury wise, uh, no real updates. Christian Bill Smith practice this morning. Expect him to go. Corey Rucker, I'd say, is very doubtful again this week. And then uh, uh, Ja'Kai Moore and RJ, Roderick, both, you know, I would say we're are questionable uh, for this week as well. Um, you know, we're waiting to get some results back on RJ. He's, he's, he's okay. Uh, just waiting to see kind of his pain tolerance as we go forward. But, you know, optimistic we'll, both, we'll see both those guys. But uh, they need to have a good day of practice tomorrow, and then we'll see what happens Saturday. So, Dave, what you got? Don't even have to ask anymore or say questions. Let's go to Dave. Uh, Shane, a couple. Um, uh, with Sherrod Green, is he okay? Sherrod Green? Yeah. Yes, he's fine. Okay. And then with, when it comes to special teams coaching at practice every day, yeah. how much do you put your nose in there like during the daily drills and how much do you leave to Pete? Uh, I'd say I put my nose in everything. Um, and that's not trying to micromanage Pete. It's just what I've always done. Uh, but I would say <coughs> – excuse me. I would say um, with everything, David um, – Defense, offense, special teams. I try not to micromanage out there, uh, but uh, I want to be involved in everything. I don't ever want to be one of those guys that's just on the defensive field or just on the offensive field. I try and bounce around. I try and during the week go to different meetings. I was in the DB meeting this morning and the offensive meeting. 
in the linebacker meetings, just bounce around. But as far as that goes on the field, you know, Pete and Stanton, they work hard and put together a plan. And then every afternoon, so Monday afternoon, Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday afternoon, I sit down with them. I mean, I watch everything on my own and they watch everything on their own. And then we get together in the afternoons and kind of share thoughts. And a lot of times we're thinking the same thing. And uh, so before we go out there on the practice field, uh, I know exactly what we're doing. We've discussed it. Then we meet individually. Then we have a staff meeting each day. And then after the staff meeting, Pete has the coaches on our staff. Every coach is involved on special teams, except for really Sat and Clayton. Uh, every coach is involved. So we meet as a special team staff every afternoon after the main staff meeting. And then when we get out there on the practice field, every coach is coaching their you know, individual positions, responsibilities, and then I, you know, try and bounce around and let those guys coach, let the guys play, but I'm certainly involved. But it's Pete's, you know, show. I mean, obviously, offense, defense, special teams, I'm the head coach and oversee everything, but I've hired three really good coordinators and a great coaching staff, and we let, I let those guys coach. You, If Christian is able to go this week, just how vital will that be for this running game to have a guy that's just played a lot of ball seen a lot of stuff yeah for sure um just his experience his size that he brings um he's a downhill runner uh, that's produced at wake forest and, and and had a lot of really really big games so we certainly could use his maturity and his experience but you know if not uh we got tons of confidence in marshawn obviously we've got tons of confidence in juju tons of confidence and you know jaheem bell carried the ball some last week as well so we'll have uh you know we'll We'll be ready to go, whatever. But getting CBS back would be, you know, awesome. Just added depth. He's a great special teams player as well, and uh, and then just the maturity he brings to that room. Uh, you were talking during camp about trying to simulate road situations, moving practices periods around, music, different things like that. How does that kind of translate into an actual road trip and getting ready for, especially an 11 a.m. kickoff out there? Yeah. Um, we try and do, you know, I think if you all of a sudden just wait till this week to start doing stuff, it's probably too late. You know, you mentioned it. I mean, a lot of the things that we've done since January has been trying to prepare us to uh, perform better on the road and, and play well on the road. And um, we'll certainly do some things this week also. You know, I mean, we practice in the morning, so 11 a.m. is right up our alley because, I mean, we're in the building every day before that and, and we're – you know, we're uh, uh, 11 a.m. is 12, 11 a.m. Central Time is 12 Eastern. So, I mean, we're basically done with practice every day by the time kickoff will be on Saturday. So, you know, um, there's positives and something, and, and I don't want to say negatives, but there's positives and some things that aren't positive about practicing in the positive that we go in the mornings. And, you know, our last early kickoff was against North Carolina last year, and we played pretty dang good in that game. So just kind of building on that and looking at things to maybe do differently throughout the week and on the trip. But at the end of the day, whether you're home, away, 11 a.m., 11 p.m., full stadium, empty stadium, it doesn't matter. I mean, we talk about it. it it's it's about us, and we, we control, you know, what happens, and we do that by preparing the right way having a great practice today and then coming back tomorrow and doing it again and then putting the pieces or putting the steps in place to then allow you to go perform well on Saturday. Hey, Shane. We've been hearing for years now that the most improvement is between game one and game two. Over the course of your career, is that really true? <laughs> and, and also, um, when you look at first game mistakes, are they mainly mental or physical? Uh, as far as the week one to week two, um, 
I'd say you, uh, I don't know if it's always accurate because we've won some week ones and lost some week twos, but I do think the, it, it is the improvement that you're able to make because you finally, you finally play a game. You know, um, you really know what you need to correct. And maybe we thought we were, this was going to be something we were good at or whatnot, and maybe it's not quite what we thought or thought this guy would maybe handle this better, and he didn't. So you, you have a better idea about yourself, so I think you're better prepared going into week two than you are week one. It's You have a better understanding of how we do things. You know, you try and prepare the guys for uh, what the hotel is like and what the pre the game day routine is like, but you don't actually do it, do it for real, real until game day. So now this week will be not the first time we've done it, uh, first time we've done it on a road. So you just have a better uh, understanding from that standpoint, uh, week one to week two. And, and we, we, uh, we will be better than what we were last week, but we won't be as good as we hope to be. I mean, we're constantly improving on this uh, 12 guaranteed game opportunity, and this is, the, uh, this is the next step. And then as far as the mental and physical, I'd say a little bit of both, Rick. I mean, there were some uh, – um, some uh, just offensively and defensively, there were some mental mistakes the other night. You know, one of the uh, one of Georgia State's long runs that popped out of there was a mental error on the defense. We had a miscommunication on calls. One guy thought one thing, one guy thought another thing. We were playing a couple different things, and a run spit out of there for an explosive run in the fourth quarter. That's mental. Um, you know, we lost contain on the quarterback one time uh, because, you know, a, a, an edge player for us uh, rushed and instead of keeping his outside arm free, kind of lost his outside arm and the quarterback scooted out of there. To me, that's physical. Offensively, we got the, you know, quarterback got pressure one time because they brought the corner and we didn't block it like we were supposed to and we got an unblocked player back there. That's mental. We had an issue where, you know, uh, uh, somebody got beat on the at wide receiver tight end out in space on the perimeter blocking that's physical you know so both to answer your question and uh, we've got to coach better and play better this week there's no doubt about it in all three phases because as good as special teams were there's a lot to clean up on special teams as well hey, coach. um hey. you talked about marshawn's impact with cbs being out you know you guys go to him for both those offensive touchdowns yeah. on saturday you know why is he kind of the the go-to guy in those clutch moments for this offense right now? I think he, um, you know, one knows what to do and and can execute and and whatnot. And then I think a lot of that Emily is just he was happened to be in there at the at the right time too. You know, I mean he uh, uh, if he if it had been Juju or somebody out wide on that touchdown pass, he would have gotten the ball thrown to him because. You know, go back to mental, physical. I'm assuming Georgia State wanted somebody to buzz out to the flat to handle that and, and didn't. Um, and Marshawn, Spencer found him. And then Marshawn's a guy, having said that, that can, when the ball's in his hands, good things happen and he can make people miss. We hit the third and 16 for like a 15 yard gain right before the half. We went tempo. We actually went for it on fourth and one. And, you know, would love to keep that thing a little bit north-south, but he bounced it outside and broke three tackles. You know, it's a great individual effort. But Marshawn's a guy that we have a lot of confidence in because he's a weapon with the ball in his hands. But uh, I could also say that about the other, some of the other running backs and some of the receivers and tight ends as well. So we want to have multiple um, go-to guys, if you will, in those moments. A couple of things on linebackers. Um, 
<clears throat> what kind of personality is is Mo Kaba? He had the the tweet over the summer about mowing lawns and not getting NIL deals. But how how does his personality benefit him in the in the position group? And then also on on Sherrod, he's had some significant injuries. I know you said he's fine, but have those injuries in the past slowed him down a little bit to where he isn't really the same player as he was prior to the hip and the knee? Um, as far as Mo, he's a great. Um personality those um the he's fun to be around the thing i've seen with mo is just his maturity the way that it's grown in just a year and a half or whatever that i've been here um he uh he he really works he really studies you know i'll be in those linebacker meetings with coach white and he's right near coach white sitting in the front row and and he's very locked in to what he's doing and and uh that's a very like old I don't want to say old soul, but that's there's some young guys in that linebacker room, but it's some mature older guys, you know, Brad and Sherrod and Mo and and Debo. He's only his second year in the program, but he's a very he's a very um, mature you know guy for a young guy. I mean, we we laugh. We always go from special teams meetings each morning, then we go from the special teams meeting to position meetings, offense, defense, and. Everybody goes straight to the meetings except the linebackers. And it's like seven linebackers are in the kitchen back there in line to get a cup of coffee before they go into the linebacker meeting room. Like no other position does that. But it's literally Sherrod's getting his cup of coffee. Brad's getting his cup of coffee. They're all in there getting their coffee like they're going to work in there. Donovan Westmoreland goes in there and I'll put like seven sugars in there and stuff. I mean, it's insane. But that's just kind of that linebacker group. It's a very mature group. And um, Moe's leadership and, and – and Sherrod's leadership and Brad's leadership, I think, have allowed guys like Debo and guys like Stone Blanton to come in there as a true freshman the other night and perform well when he got in there. And then in regards to Sherrod, I mean, I'd, I think it'd be crazy to say that when you have injuries like that, that it doesn't affect you to a certain degree mentally and physically. But Sherrod's worked really, really hard to get himself back. He shows He has shown how important football is to him that he could get hurt like he did against Georgia and then come back again and still be playing, you know, at, at, at somewhat a high level. And, and uh, Mo and Brad started the other night because they had earned it. It wasn't necessarily a knock on Sherrod. They had earned it and had a good preseason camp. But, you know, Sherrod uh, is a guy that we have a lot of confidence in uh, and, um, you know, expect him, excuse me, as we go through this season to have a, uh, a really productive year for us. Shane, a couple for you. Um, not to give away state secrets, but at that staff special teams meeting, are there weeks when after watching film you say, you know what, we think we can get a couple of – a block or two here, or we think it's good, you know, maybe for this fake, we can run this fake and try and do that. Are there some weeks – did it feel like that last week? And also, are you going to have to call Kerry Tharp at Darlington to see if you can drive the pace car? Yeah, I saw that. Don got to, and I didn't, right? The problem is I can't go during the season. And then the spring race is Mother's Day. And I'm going to have a hard time with Emily saying we're going to Darlington for the race because I'm driving the pace car today, but it's Mother's Day. She would let me, but I just feel bad. you got to – you kind of got to tread lightly on that. And I haven't haven't gotten to the point where I feel like I can make that call. And Kerry's been great. He's invited me to come over there the last two springs. Um, he hasn't made the invite yet for the pace car, so I'm waiting on that one, Kerry. Um, but he did invite me to come to the race. I think this past year, I want to say we were getting ready to go to Phoenix for an event, 
and I couldn't. Uh, and then the year before was Mother's Day. So hopefully soon, and I do want to get to Darlington. That's the one. I've been to a bunch of racetracks for NASCAR races. Believe it or not, I've never been to Darlington, so I do want to go. Uh, and then as far as those meetings, uh, yeah, I'd say every single week we are looking at ways to steal a possession, whether it be fakes or whatever it may be. There are certainly some weeks, or block punts, whatever. There are certainly some weeks that you feel – uh, better about it than other weeks, um, but we always want to have the uh, the the ability, you know. And a lot of that is depending on how the game is going. But we always want to have the ability in all phases of special teams to be the aggressor, I will, and and uh, and attack. Whether we're the ones kicking or whether we're the ones returning or trying to block. But certainly, there's some weeks where you feel better about it. And and this was a week that. With our looking back at last week, we felt like with Georgia State in regards to the field goal specifically, and then the uh, you know the block punts uh, felt like um, pump pressure wise that we had an opportunity if we just played with good technique to potentially make something happen in that phase, whether it be in the return game or the block game. And I'm proud too because we had some good returns. When you're a better rush team, that makes you better as a return team because people are worried about getting punts blocked, so they either got to keep extra people in in protection or they really got to stay in longer in order to protect, which therefore makes it better for now you to return that punt because we talk about our players. It's really the longest play in football if you think about it. It takes from snap to punter two seconds to get the ball off. If the punter's any good, it's going to be in the air four or five seconds. So right now you're talking seven seconds before the catch, the returner even catches the ball and then however long it takes. So, I mean, you're talking about a play that's anywhere from 12 to 15 seconds. Um, and the more that teams are worried about protecting, that makes it easier on Josh Van and our returners back there because there's not as many people down there and you can get some returns going. That's why my dad was so good on special teams because they were so good at blocking. People were worried about that. And next thing you know, they were turning on for touchdowns. And then, then you're trying to get more people out in coverage to keep them from returning on for touchdowns. And now you're blocking punts again. So that's what we want to be at all times. Sorry, I went on a special teams like spiel right there. Um, but yes, we always feel good about it. We always want to be aggressors on special teams. And, and we felt good about in regards to the punt and then the field goal uh, that if Georgia State lined up the way they we thought they would, and they don't always do that, but we were hoping they would, and they did, and we were able to take advantage of it on the field goal. Shane, you may not want to say who is actually mimicking KJ Jefferson, but is there a way to actually mimic a guy who's no. 6'3", 240, or whatever no, he is? there's not. Um, to be that big, but, you know, to um, be able to – just people just bounce off of him back there and – you know, the way that he's able to, in uh, the run game, run the football uh, like he does, but then also in the passing game to be able to sit back there and, and take hits and throw the ball downfield or to have people bounce off of him. He's able to scramble, but he keeps his eyes downfield and he's able to throw. No. I mean, we don't – we'd have to take, I don't know who, some one of our defensive ends, you know, and make him a quarterback. Uh, you know, for us, it's just emphasizing – 11 hats to the ball and gang tackling and, and getting people around him. And let's do a good job of, you know, understanding their schemes and being in the right place, being in the right gaps, and then uh, rally to them because it's going to take, you know, all 11 to rally to that ball to get him down. And all their guys, not just him. I mean, when you talk about the backs that are 220-plus pounds as well that can carry the football, that's a uh, – it's a problem. I mean, the other day against Cincinnati, Cincinnati scores to cut it to seven – Arkansas gets the ball back with six and a half minutes left and runs out the clock. 
Like Cincinnati doesn't get the ball back again. Arkansas just takes six and a half minutes off the clock because Cincinnati couldn't get a stop. So um, we've got to do a great job this week, without a doubt. Correct me if I'm wrong. Were, were you on the staff when y'all went to Arkansas and Darren McFadden went for like 340 <laughs> yards? Sorry, I know that's not the most Thanks. fun memory, but <laughs> yeah. Thanks. No, I was. I think that was uh, my first year, 2007. Um, yeah, McFadden, uh, Peyton Hillis, and that was Felix uh, Felix Jones. Yeah, I think they each ran for like 500 yards apiece. My favorite memory of that game is I'm coaching defense and uh, I was coaching defense and special teams. And I'm a young coach. It's my first year on the staff. I mean, I kind of – I'm coaching defense, but I'm taking a back seat to the older coaches on that defensive staff. And I'll never forget, this was after they've gone up and down the field on us. And the, I don't want to name names, but the defensive coordinator is on the field. And he's talking to one of the coaches in the press box. This is like second quarter. Or no, actually, I think it's early first quarter, and we can't stop them. It's obvious. And the defensive coordinator is talking to one of the coaches in the box, and the coach in the box is like, hang on a second. Just don't say anything. I'm up here drawing. And the coordinator is like, you're up here drawing? He's like, yeah, I'm putting together a plan here that we can do some stuff to try and stop them. And I'm like, oh, crap. Like, if we're up here drawing stuff up on paper right now in the middle of the first quarter, we're in for a long night. And we were. Uh, that was a long night in Fayetteville and – Hopefully, uh, hopefully we play a lot better defensively than what we did that night. David remembers those nights, <laughs> or that night. <laughs> yeah, at least. I think they ran for like 700 as a team or something. Yeah, Coach, uh, going back to Jefferson, you mentioned, uh, of course, his size makes it hard for him to bring down. But, of course, the, I guess, running scheme as a whole, yeah. Raheem Sanders back there. Um, how much of that do you think is, you know, just how difficult it is to bring those players down and how much of it is the line play? Like, just kind of what makes that rushing attack so yeah. uh, effective for them and maybe difficult to defend also? Yeah, they do, a, they do a great job. Did you have a question on that or were you just – Yeah, unfortunately I do. So, sorry. I've, you asked me and it was like a, a mental, like, automatically. Like, it takes me back to that night. That was a long night. Uh, but, yeah, we um, – we, uh, that was tough. That was tough. Um but yes, I was on that staff. Thank you. And uh, um, I think we went out there two years later. That was an afternoon game. I think we won in nine out there. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. They faked the field goal or they faked the punt against us. I remember that over there on our sideline and we got to stop. Their run scheme. Um, no, they do a great job coaching for one. You know, Sam's an offensive line guy. You see that when you watch them play. They're big, they're physical. Uh, they, they, with their size up front, they're able to. they're able to cover people up you know you watch that Cincinnati game and I'm watching the end zone copy yesterday and you know the ball snapped and you pause it after a second and you can't like see any of the Cincinnati defense alignment on tape because they're covered up by double teams um, and then there's just gaps for the running back and the quarterback to run through so they do a great job coaching technique and fundamentals but then they do a great job schematically as well the offensive staff uh, the, the they use tempo so you got to be able to handle that um, they'll get in multiple formations. They've got motions. They've got, you know, um, uh, ways to you, – you've got to be disciplined with your eyes against these guys because they're big and physical, but now they're also going fast also. And, uh, you know, they'll be, in, they'll be in empty and the quarterback's running it or they'll be in a regular conventional set and here comes motion and, and whatnot. They do a great job. I think their receivers do a fantastic job of blocking on the perimeter. You watch Jefferson's first run on Saturday for a touchdown and uh, it's either Landers or Hazelwoods over there on the sideline. I mean, just 
kicks the DB's butt, you know, for Cincinnati uh, to allow Jefferson to get in the end zone. So they do a great job on the perimeter uh, also. And then they just got, you know, they got weapons. They got the other quarterback, number four, that's a world-class track guy, I think, that's a blazer when he comes in with his speed, and then he can throw it. Uh, they do. They have different ways of getting him the ball. Um, so they're just uh, they're a real challenge, starting with their size, but they're well coached, and then they're just they're very multiple. You know, last week uh, there wasn't a lot of formations that you were going to get from Georgia State. This week you're going to get a lot of formations, and then a lot of stuff happening within those formations too. I know how guys came in as recruits and all that stuff's largely irrelevant to you guys once 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 they get here but there are several guys who, who made plays uh saturday night who were you know late ads or didn't have a ton of offers like amos gilbert mm -hmm. and uh dq yeah what, what does that say about guys like that who come in and and uh kind of earn their way a little bit more than maybe some people might think yeah I think a couple things one you go back to the process I think it says that we're not going to staff it's going to get caught up in who else is recruiting them or how many offers they have um, I don't care we don't care you know we watch the tape or have them in camp and if we think they're good enough and have the ability to develop uh, we'll take them so I, I want to commend like our coaching staff and the recruiting staff for for um um being willing to offer those guys and recruit them because we believed in them. And then two, it says a lot about them as well. Like we want guys in this program that love to compete, guys that love football. And those guys do, a lot of them. And um, I think when you come in and maybe you don't have the stars or the rankings of other guys, you maybe have a little bit more of a chip on your shoulder or edge and, and kind of out to, out to prove yourself. And uh, – uh, you know, DQ and Nick, I mean, those guys, they love football. They love to compete. Uh, Gilbert is a guy that, you know, has sat behind some guys the first couple of years, and it's his time. Like, he needs to continue to elevate himself defensively and special teams. Rashad's a guy that, you know, proud of him. It would have been very easy. He goes through preseason practice, and he's not one of the top two running backs going into this season. Would have didn't, had some games last year where he didn't travel with us. He wasn't one of our 70 that we're able to take to SEC away games would have been easy to, you know, pack his ball, take his ball and pack up his stuff and go somewhere else. And he didn't. Like, he stayed here and continued to compete and and has matured off the field and then put himself in positions, in a position to make plays on the field, special teams, and then more and more offensively as we go. So, proud of those guys. Says a lot about them, for sure. <clears throat> hey, Shane, have you seen a heightened sense of urgency from the guys since SEC play is starting this week? And then also, how confident are you in Nick that he'll be able to step up if RJ is unable to go at safety? Yeah, uh, I think automatically there's going to be a heightened, uh, heightened sense of urgency. There better be. I mean, we're into SEC play here pretty quick. Uh, and uh, going on the road against a nationally ranked opponent to open up SEC play, uh, you better have that urgency for sure. So our guys know, and, and again, each, each and every week we talk about us and it's about us and, and try not to prepare differently for Arkansas than what we did Georgia State. And they're all, you know, other coaches use it, but it's true, just nameless, faceless opponents and let's worry about us. But when you're going on the road in the SEC, it's different. Uh, let's be real. And our guys know that. And and the energy and spirit at practice this morning certainly reflected that. And then in regards to uh, Nick, yeah, I have confidence. Uh, Torian and Clayton will do a great job, you know, getting him, uh, getting him ready. I mean, he walked, he stepped in the other night and 
And I want to say uh, – I was talking to Luke and Luke Day this morning about it. I, th- I want to say Nick played more snaps when you take his defensive snaps and special teams than any player on the team the other night. I mean, he was out there a bunch. And uh, um, he did well. Now, just because it happened last week doesn't mean it's going to happen this week. And we've got to do a great job of getting him ready to go again and maybe even more of a prominent role. You know, Arkansas has tape on him now. Georgia State really didn't know much about him. So Nick will be fine, all those guys. And it's not just Nick. There's a lot of guys that will be playing their first road game this week. There's a lot of guys that uh, haven't been in a stadium, you know, like this, uh, that that have been in college football for a while. Juice Wells, I don't know if think Juice Wells played in a stadium like he's going to play in Saturday when he was at James Madison. So we got to do a great job of, you know, hand, worrying about what we can control, preparing ourselves, and at the end of the day, realize it's about us. Um, you've had a couple of guys, you know, defending that O-line on social media the last couple of days. You had a couple of guys come in here today say today was the best practice that they've had all season so far. You know, where is the atmosphere and the morale of the locker room right now coming into week two? As high as it's been, um, sky high. I mean, were there parts Saturday night that um, didn't look great? Sure. I think there's a lot of teams across the country that can – that can say that, but at the end of the day, we didn't play well. It really, we didn't play well overall in a lot of areas, in my opinion, and we still beat a team that's going to compete for the championship in their conference by three touchdowns, and the game was in control the entire fourth quarter. Um, so a lot to correct on. Nobody's walking around patting ourselves on the back about Saturday night, but uh, we know what the issues are. We know the group of guys that we have in that locker room, and uh, there's no issues with uh, anything besides – getting ready to play or getting ready to to go play Arkansas and, and be the very best we can be. So now our guys are excited and I don't worry about them, you know, whatever the noise is out there. Uh, it is what it is, but that's just part of, you know, you're either every Saturday you're judged on 12 Saturdays and we uh, certainly need to be better this Saturday than what we were last. Thank you guys. Have a good week. Thank y'all. Okay, guys, that's going to do it. Appreciate you all tuning in. Shane Beamer, very interesting comments. Speaking to the media, SEC play begins this weekend. I know we're all excited. Of course, podcast will drop tomorrow. TDC all week long. We are live here noon to two uh, on the Daily Crow. Guys, again, thank you all so much for tuning in. We have hit two o'clock. Again, stay tuned for the podcast tomorrow. TDC via podcast form will be available at 3 o'clock today. So if you want to go back and listen, if you missed anything, it'll be there, iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, Other than that, man, stay tuned for all the content, content bleeding out the eyeballs. Folks, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Have a fantastic rest of your Tuesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.